You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. It's the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson. Okay, it's the beginning of the year, and I feel like that is just the time that everyone goes to resets, right? Like resets in every different area of our life. And I'm constantly talking with you guys about the inner work, therapy, energy work, all of those things. But that doesn't um, include the health piece of this, which is also just a huge part. Our bodies are the only way we're existing, obviously. And so I am so excited today because I have Dr. Chitty Parikh here. And she is one of the leading integrative medicine physicians in the country. She's the founder of Integrated Health and Well-Being at Weill Cornell Medicine, New York Presbyterian Hospital. And her first book has just come out, Intentional Health, Detoxify, Nourish, and Rejuvenate Your Body into Balance. Dr. Parikh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. We were just talking before the podcast, and I asked you, how COVID has actually impacted your world. And you said it even inspired you to write this book. So can you talk a little bit about, I know you were on the front lines during the COVID, the pandemic, and then you got COVID pretty early on, which then turned into long COVID. So can you tell us a little bit about what happened there? Yeah, I mean, April, 2020 was an interesting time. It was, I was getting ready to get married, actually. It was supposed to get married in May. It was a very exciting time, but things took obviously a different turn. I ended up on the front lines um, and New York, as you know, got hit pretty early on. Right. So I was in the thick of it, one of the busiest hospitals in New York and just working nonstop. And I got COVID. And at that time, I was very scared to get COVID, right? We still mm-hmm. didn't know this disease. And it's not, I didn't have much time to recover because I knew I had to just go right back. There was such a dire need. So after just a few days of rest, um, I just went right back. And then finally, when the dust settled, I recognized that, hey, I was running on adrenaline this whole time. Then I saw symptoms such as I was just getting tired so much. My hair was falling out. I was getting short of breath doing simple yoga poses that I could do, you know, without any problem. And I was losing weight, even though I was eating healthy. So I was just trying to figure out what's going on in my body. And this was before anyone even knew what long COVID was, right? This right. was very early on. So I was scouring the internet, trying to ask my colleagues, trying to figure out what was going on, but there were no answers. And it just this is such a random story, but I was on Amazon probably ordering toilet paper. <laughs> as we all were during that time. As we all were. And randomly, this recommendation for an out-of-print book about a 185-year-old yogi came up. Okay. I have no explanation to this day how that happened. I wasn't researching anything about that. So I ordered this out-of-print book from someone. I don't even know from where. I read it, and that's what inspired me because in the book it talked about 
the ancient yoga science of detoxification, it was called kaya kalpa, which means transformation of your body, that yogis used the science to turn back their biological clock so they could continue their spiritual journey, right? Hmm. So their body could be in the best shape so they could continue meditating and trying to focus on just spending hours in very austere conditions. So Inspired from that, I knew the science of something called Panchakarma, which is a detoxification ritual used in Ayurveda. It's been around for thousands of years, and that is accessible to all of us, not just the yogis. Right. So I said, let me just try that. I know I've helped, you know, a lot of my patients have done it in the past. I've recommended it and really helped them. So I was like, let me just try it. And for 30 days, I did it diligently. And I cannot tell you within a week into it, the transformation I saw in my body. I mean, my hair immediately started falling out and I started feeling better, just stronger inside out. And within a couple of months, I was back to myself, actually even better than what I was before COVID. And I just couldn't believe it. And I used every Western medicine, you mm-hmm. know, technique I could possibly think of, any blood test, supplement, vitamin, you name it, I did it all. And none of that really helped. So this really inspired me. And I said, you know, this is not just about curing long COVID, but it just reinstated my strong belief that our body is incredibly intelligent. Mm -hmm. Everything we need to lead a long, healthy life is right in here, right? It's not in some magic diet. It's not in some superfood or anything. It's right here. So what I did during this process was I just got out of its way and I let the inner healing really come forward. And that's what inspired me to write the book, but also the 28-Day Reset is based on this ancient science. And I've simplified it so that everyone can take advantage of it and help bring their body back to balance whenever they need it. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a little before the podcast too, but one of the main things you talk about in the book, and we'll get to that in just a second, but it's just sort of the mentality of let's throw a pill at something. Let's you know, try to do the quick fix for things. And just like you just said, our bodies are our best healers. I truly believe that. And obviously, thank God for Western medicine. There are some things that have become, you know, accessible to us because of that, that we could have never come up with. But I just feel like we miss the mark so often. Is that something you see consistently in the medicine world? This is something I see day in, day out. out. And that's what inspired me to start this program at Cornell near Presbyterian Hospital. Because what happens in Western medicine that it does a really good job at acute conditions, right? Right. So you get a bad infection, you get a stroke, great, we can fix it. Right. But health is a journey. It's a big spectrum, right? It's not just those acute moments. So I always wanted to be the kind of doctor that people go to, not just when they're sick, but they go to me to stay healthy. Right. That's what I really went into medicine for. But our current medical system, our current medical training just doesn't train you to be the doctor that people go to to stay healthy. So I had to relearn the medicine. I had to relearn um, you know, Eastern medicine, to relearn nutrition, functional medicine. I learned acupuncture. I wanted to expand my toolbox. Mm -hmm. So if someone came to me, I couldn't, you know, I wasn't just fixing the disease, but I was looking at the whole person Mm -hmm. and I was helping them, giving them the tools, not just matching an ill to a pill and saying, oh, you got this. Here's the pill for that. Right. That I wanted to do so much more than that. I wanted to give people tools that they can use to stay healthy and get to understand their body better rather than just relying on a doctor or blood test to say this is what's wrong. Well, and the other issue with that program or that way of doing things is we're going to the doctor when the issue is already beyond the point. Like we're having the massive heart attack or meltdown or whatever. And there's all these things that led up to that point, but we're like not paying attention to those things. It's just the big event, you know? Exactly. So we wait for, we're almost like sitting ducks. Let's wait till yeah. something really goes wrong and then we'll fix it. Right. Right. But what about all the opportunity we have in this moment to focus on our well-being and not just our physical well-being? I strongly believe that we are not just the body. We are our mind, we're our spirit, we're our emotions, we're our community. Mm-hmm. And all of these things make us who we are. So let's focus on, you know, establishing a better mind-body connection, a better emotional state, a better connection with our community so that we don't end up in that acute state. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So prevention is always better than the cure. So if our healthcare system is not doing it, us as individuals have to take ownership and make that our priority. Yeah. I actually love that autonomy, though. It's like taking the responsibility for your own body. I mean, we should be doing that anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. So let's talk a little bit about the book. Um, it's called Intentional Health, Detoxify, Nourish, and Rejuvenate Your Body into Balance. This book is a comprehensive roadmap that empowers individuals to take charge of their health, just like we've been saying, through 5,000 years of science, combining ancient wisdom wisdom with cutting-edge science. I think it's so interesting to read that 5,000 piece of that because I'm like, right, it's always been here. And we come in and we try to do all these different things. And it's like, no, let's go back to what was working in the first place, right? <laughs> yeah, and it, st- it stood the test of time. It's still right. here. We're still practicing it. So. Right. Well, you start the book talking about health intentions. And when I was first reading that part of the book, I thought, well, this is like, right, obviously, right? Like, it's one of those things that someone just needed to say to, to me to like, let it click. But I think that that can be something that's a little bit overwhelming. Like, as the listeners are listening to this, and we're saying, oh, you know, go set some health intentions it would feel intimidating to me. So can you help us just kind of break it down? Like, where do we even know how to start here? So what happens when it comes to health and wellness that we are often bombarded with these images of perfection, right? We're told, we look into a magazine, we look at social media, we look at billboards, and we are sold this idea that to be healthy, you have to be doing, you know, you're supposed to exercise every day, meditate, not be stressed, eat a perfect diet, you know, sleep eight hours, drink plenty of water, and the list goes on, right? It's so overwhelming. And we feel like we're always falling short. In Eastern medicine, the idea of health is never about perfection. There's no perfect image of health. Idea of health is all about balance, Mm. right? So that's what I really focus on when it comes to intentional health and setting an intention that it's not about an ideal image of what health looks like based on what other people are telling you. It's about asking yourself the question, what does health truly look like and mean for me? And it's different for every single person and it's different for us at every stage of our life. Mm. What we're trying to do, what health means to us when we're in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s is different. So we have to be intentional about what that dialogue is with ourselves and what truly matters to us. It's not just about a certain waist size or a weight or anything, right? It's about what does health allow me to do? This body is our vessel to experience life, like you said in the beginning, right? right. This body is our best ally. So what do I need this body for? What do I want to accomplish? What do I want to experience through this body? And let's set an intention to get there. So it's a much deeper conversation. So I, I encourage, I, that's the first question I ask my patients when I see them in the office. You know, it's not about what the doctor tells you to do. It's not about, you know, losing weight or not getting cancer or nothing like that. It's about what can you control? Because intentional health, setting an intention is all about things that we can control, mm-hmm. right? I can say, set an intention and say, I'm choosing to prioritize my mental health this year. I'm choosing to focus on my self-care, my well-being. I'm choosing to nourish my body with food that brings me joy, that brings me energy, and that makes me whole, Mm -hmm. right? So the words that we choose to describe how health intention is also so important. Yeah. So it's about positivity. It's about setting an intention that is attainable, that we can control. Mm -hmm. It's not a lofty dream that someone else tells us to obtain, right? So it's a, it's a deep inner conversation that we should be having with ourselves on a regular basis. It's not just at the beginning of the year, right? but it's something we need to check in with ourselves all the time. When I love the, the fact that you just mentioned the positivity piece, because I feel like you mentioned diets and this made me kind of ping to this thought, but everything with a diet to me has always sounded so restrictive. And when you frame something at the beginning of it as I can't have why do you want to do it? (laughs) For me, at least, I don't get very motivated by that. Like that isn't something 
like to tell myself I can't have something just because is probably going to cause me to slip or not be able to follow through with things ultimately. But when I do something and I set an intention, like you're saying, like on this podcast, even we set intentions with we set a word of the year and that's our intention, you know, and so everything brings me back to my word of the year as I'm going through the processes of whatever it is, work, relationships, anything like that. And so with health, I love the idea of setting something positive as an act of like self-care, self-love, as a way of taking care of ourselves as adults, you know, and like lovingly. Those That energy to me feels so different from a restrictive diet or I can't have this because I don't want to get cancer. Exactly. And Whatever, wherever our mind goes, our body will follow. Yeah. Right? So I don't want my mind to go, oh, that's spread. I can't have gluten. I can't have dairy. I can't, no, no, I, I can't do this, this. If our mind is constantly going there, our body is confused and it's, it's constantly being channeled this negative energy or do not, do not, do not, right? Instead of I'm focusing, my priority is nourishing my body. My priority is putting in food in the body that's going to energize me, that's going to heal me, right? So every time I eat, I'm thinking energy, I'm thinking healing, mm-hmm. I'm thinking enjoyment, right? Not restriction. So it, and I cannot tell you how important that is. And I see this every single day in my practice, right? It's, we are, we become so restrictive with our mentality sometimes that we don't know how to channel that energy the other way around. So a lot of work I do with my patients is just changing that dialogue, changing that language that we are using when it comes to our own health and our own body. Yeah. That is so important. I cannot tell you to follow this diet or do anything until we have that discussion. Yeah. It's so like the gluten thing. You mentioned gluten and I don't do gluten or dairy in my diet. And a lot of my friends are like, oh, that must be terrible, you know? And at first it was, <laughs> it was hard. But for me, I just realized ultimately I feel so much better. I have so much more energy. I sleep better. I f- like, I just don't feel heavy after a meal. I'm not tired. And those were the two culprits for me of that. It's not for everybody. But once I like realized, oh, wait, I'm not saying I'm not going to eat this because I can't. It's because I just want to feel good. I don't actually miss it. Like, it's fine. <laughs> And that's, and that's how you're able to stick to it. People right. who have seen give up those things because of restrictive mentality and that negative image of why you're doing something versus like, hey, I'm doing this because it's going to make me feel better. I'll have more energy. Yeah. I'll have less bloating, whatever it might be. Right. right. And that's a completely different conversation that you're having every time you see something with gluten yeah. versus like, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I you can't, know? I can't, I can't, exactly. Well, we mentioned how old some of these practices are that you tapped into to write this book. And so I want to move into the seven ancient secrets. So in the book, you divulge seven ancient secrets, and you say that you will learn how your body functions from these. So your circadian rhythm, the gut microbiome, these are hard words for me, I'll stick with me, our metabolism and the mind-body connection, which we kind of touched on as well. But I want to start with circadian rhythm. What is that? (laughs) So circadian rhythm is our internal body clock. Okay. How does our body recognize what time of the day it is? What is it supposed to do? Just like you and I have a schedule to keep, right? In the morning, we wake up, we have breakfast, we have this meeting or this, right? Same thing. The body does something different almost every hour. It has a different task to focus Mm -hmm. on. So it's important for it to know what time of the day it is. Is it midnight? Then I shouldn't, I don't have to worry about digesting food because it's midnight. I'm sleeping, right? right? Or if it's lunch, I don't have to worry about sleep. I have to worry about digesting this meal. So it needs a very good, accurate understanding of what time of the day it is so it does the right physiological function. Okay. Majority of the diseases nowadays that we're seeing are because our circadian rhythm is disrupted. Really? We're not listening to our internal body clock. Actually, just uh, about three years ago, three scientists received the Nobel Prize for medicine because of their work in this brand new field of chronobiology. Chrono means time and biology is all about how circadian rhythm is actually affecting every single thing in our body and how common diseases that we're seeing from obesity to heart disease, to even certain cancers can be linked back to disruption in our circadian rhythm. So I joke with my patients and I say, you know, I don't care about your diet. I don't care if you go to the gym. Yeah. You know, instead, 
instead of focusing on just about what you're eating, I would much rather focus on when you're eating these meals and when you're actually exercising because our timing, our diet and exercise can actually really change what health effects does it have. Mm. So why would we not tap into our inner circadian rhythm, align ourselves with it so we get much better results? from everything we're doing, right? So I see a lot of patients who are eating a perfect diet, exercising, doing all the right things, yet they don't feel like their optimal self. So a lot of times it comes down to this routine and keep and sticking to it. Okay. So even if you're eating a healthy diet, but every day you're kind of on the run, today you had breakfast, tomorrow you skipped it, and tomorrow you know you had a heavy lunch, the day after a heavy dinner, that irregularity, actually is very stressful for the body. So that's why the first chapter, the first Asian secret is about understanding your circadian rhythm and synchronizing your routine, your schedule to what the body is trying to do. When you do that, it's just effortless, right? Why are we fighting against the body? Why don't we work with it? So that's where we're starting with when it comes to circadian rhythm. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. So this would be different for every single person because your lifestyle is different or, I mean, I'm just curious too, is the wiring of each individual different with this stuff? So what's actually genetically wired for us is pretty similar. Okay. So if you think about it, our cavemen and women ancestors, right? They didn't have light bulbs. They didn't have computer screens. Their entire day and night was, their life was essentially tied to that of the sun, right? Right. When the sun came up, their day started. They went out looking for food. They broke their fast. They found something to eat. They were hunted, right? And then by the time the sun goes down, their day is over. They're done eating. Mm-hmm. They're hiding in their cave, right? Right. They're not up till midnight partying, going no. out to eat or drinking. <laughs> they weren't doing that. They would become a meal if they did that, right? Right. So, so that's how our circadian rhythm has evolved to do. So I always say, 
we don't work 24 seven, neither does our body, right? Mm -hmm. So it has a day shift and has a night shift. During the day, it's prioritizing digesting our food and make, you know, extracting all the nutrients from it. And at night, it, it's detoxing, it's fixing things that are broken. So it detox, repair, rejuvenation is happening at night. Okay. So we have to respect the daytime duties and the nighttime duties of our body. So ideal clock, ideal circadian rhythm is really we get up when the sun comes up. We eat three meals a day. Breakfast is supposed to be a bigger meal. Lunch is the biggest meal. That's when our digestion is the strongest. And dinner is actually supposed to be a lighter, earlier mm -hmm. meal. We're supposed to eat dinner, you know, be done with dinner by the time sun goes down. And then we go to bed about three or four hours after that. Okay. So that's the ideal circadian rhythm. So bedtime around 10, 11, wake up time around 6, 7, and then you have three meals a day. So that's the ideal circadian rhythm. That's what we're designed to do because of our ancestors for thousands of years. That's how we evolved. So the closer we are to this schedule, more effortlessly our body functions. Right. And and studies have shown, so I'll quote you this what very interesting study I just read recently, was that they took a group of people who were actually pre-diabetics or diabetics, and they told them, eat your breakfast at eight, uh, lunch at noon, and dinner around four or five, an earlier dinner. So longer intermittent fasting, essentially. Not cutting calories, don't care about exercise, eat whatever you want, you're just eating it at this same time. When they did that, because they're more synchronized with their circadian rhythm, their blood sugar went down about 20 to 30%. Their insulin, their weight, all of those markers, just within a week or two, they improved. Mm -hmm. And then the same group of people, they said, okay, now let's speed it up. Now you're going to eat your first meal at noon, then like a lunch or a snack around four and dinner at eight. All of those numbers got worse by 30%. Really? No change in diet. Like they weren't changing their diet. The same people. Within just a couple of weeks, same exercise level, nothing else was changed. Just, just the, the timing. timing. That is crazy. This is why jet lag throws your body off so bad. Exactly. Yeah. So we are sometimes in that social jet lag is what we're experiencing. When we talk about right. chronic fatigue and things like that. It's a social jet lag. That's what our sort of modern lifestyle is doing, right? It's, it's conflicting with our circadian rhythm and our genetics, how we evolved. So this is just, this is the whole new field. Um, there's something called chrononutrition is going to be the buzzword over the next few years. That's why I, when I meet my patients, I don't care about what you're eating or anything like that. The first visit, the only thing I tell my patients to do in the first visit is come up with a schedule. Mm -hmm. Tell me what time do you want to go to bed, wake up and eat your three meals. And if you're exercising, tell me when do you want to exercise? And it doesn't have to be perfect, right? If you're a night owl, you don't have to become a morning person overnight. But the first thing we work on is consistency. Even if you're a night owl, it's fine. Just do the same thing more routinely. Right. So if you want to go to bed at midnight, fine, but stick to it. Okay. Right. That's the first step. And then over time, we say, okay, how about we dial back the, uh, the bedtime by 10 minutes this month? 10 minutes this month. That's all we're doing. And before you know, over six months or so, you've made a lot of progress, mm -hmm. right? So first step is routine. Don't try to drastically change your whole schedule around this as long as you're doing the same thing every day. So it's very attainable. It's very practical. Well, yeah. And I like that you keep saying it doesn't have to be perfect because, I mean, I know my schedule is completely erratic. Every day is different. And so sometimes... I'm like listening to something like that thinking, well, I couldn't do that consistently. That's just not how my life works. But I will say if I have an intention or a framework that I'm operating under, even when my day is different or looks different from the outside, I can kind of have an idea at least of something to do consistently for myself within that. And I think a lot of people probably can, if that makes sense. Exactly. And you don't have to be perfect. Like you're not supposed to eat your lunch exactly at noon, right? Set yourself right. a window. Between 12 and 2, I'll try to get my lunch in. doesn't matter how crazy the day is. Okay. It also helps you prioritize self-care, right? Right. Because otherwise, the work's never going to stop, right? No. But this way, you're like, no, no, no. I don't want to miss my window. This is the time I need to eat. I need to nourish my body. So it's not just about sticking to a clock. It's actually about constantly being intentional and mindful about your own well-being and making sure of putting that first. Yeah, I love that. Okay, let's talk a little bit about gut health because I have learned over the past couple of years how 
integral this is to the whole, our entire health and our entire well-being. So you have a bunch of stuff in the book about this. Can we talk a little bit about just how important gut health is? Yeah, gut health is really our entire universe in our, you yeah. know, right here in front of yeah. our belly button. And we're just scratching the surface, really. We're just learning about this. And it's interesting because in Eastern medicine, uh, in Ayurveda and Chinese medicine, they said every disease starts in the gut. Yep. So, you know, in, in Ayurveda, there's a saying that says food that is digested, metabolized properly becomes nutrition and food that is not digested properly becomes toxic and root cause of diseases. Food is the same. So that's why our digestion, our gut health, the bacteria in our gut are so important for our overall well-being. And we cannot ignore that, right? It's not just about, you know, popping a probiotic. That's that's not what this is about. It's actually understanding our individual digestion. So in the book, I give you tools to really understand how strong your digestion is. Mm-hmm. So if you ever go to an Ayurvedic doctor or if you go to an acupuncturist, there's no perfect diet. They won't say this is a perfect diet. Follow a keto, paleo, vegan. There's no thing like that. They'll first assess how strong your digestion is. So they'll say if you have a strong digestion, you can probably get away with eating a lot of different things things that are heavy to digest. But a lot of us nowadays have slightly weaker digestion. So that doesn't mean that, you know, just because nuts are good or kale salad's good for you, if you have a weak digestion, it's going to take a lot to digest those nuts Mm. and that kale, right? So yes, those foods are good, but if I can't digest it, remember, if I don't digest it, it becomes toxic and would cause a disease. If I can digest it, it becomes nutrition. It's a whole different way of looking at our gut, understanding our unique digestion and matching what we're eating based on what we can digest. How do we know if we have, if we digest something well or not? Yeah. So in the book, I mentioned different symptoms, right? So one of the, um, one of the ways you can assess your gut health, simple way is your bowel movements, right? Mm -hmm. If you can't, you know, often we control what goes in, but what the report card comes out the other end, right? <laughs> it's how well we're doing. Yeah. So our bowel movements are actually a great indicator of how good our gut health is. So I always prioritize making sure you have every single day daily regular bowel movement, right? So that's step number one. The second thing is also how do you feel after you eat, right? Mm-hmm. After you eat, do you feel energized? You're like, great, I feel more energy. My blood sugar is balanced now. Or are you feeling more tired, more lethargic, more bloated? right? Gas, bloating, acid reflux, all these symptoms are telling you that our digestion is not optimal or the food we're eating is not really matching up to what we can digest. Yeah. So it's all about listening to our body and listening to these subtle signs. I kind of think it's funny because our culture has created an entire holiday around eating food that makes us tired after Thanksgiving. (laughs) You know, like we have this thing that it's a mentality and it's so acceptable that you go take a nap after Thanksgiving lunch. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but I've always or recently just thought that that was really interesting because I'm thinking in my head, the reason we're so tired is because we're eating food that's not registering with our bodies, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Or even just the amount of it, right? It's overwhelming our digestion. Yeah. So, but I always tell people, you know, intentional health is all about balance. And that's what the 28 day reset is about. So I I always, you know, this is how I practice intentional health in my life is I don't deprive myself of anything. And my husband and I are big foodies. So every year we go on a food pilgrimage, we call it. So (laughs) if I'm in Italy, I'm eating all the pasta. Yes. Drinking all the wine. If I'm in India, I'm eating all the street food, right? So I enjoy it. You know, I love food. I love to travel. That's how I experience life. Um, That's how we connect with our family, with our friends. Nothing wrong with it. But it's all about balance. So when Mm -hmm. I come back from that vacation from Italy, I'm doing the 28-day reset. I'm simplifying my diet, right? So I balance feasting with fasting. When you do that, when you strike that balance, it's sustainable. You're not depriving, but you're also not just putting your body through that constantly. Yeah. So it's a whole different way of looking at it. And it also empowers us. It prevents us from feeling guilty from if we are eating that Thanksgiving meal. And if you want to be in food coma after, go for it. As long as you know that, hey, maybe the week after I need to take it easy. Yeah. Do a little detail. Right? And you hit the gym a little bit extra, <laughs> yeah. maybe extra yeah. 30 minutes walking or something. But that empowers you and you have full control. You don't have that guilt. You know, you're in the moment, not knocking yourself like, why am I eating this? You know, it's like, 
I'm going to enjoy this, right? And then tomorrow I'll take care of this, right? right? So that's a whole different way of looking at it. It's empowering, but also it's sort of a big sigh of relief, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mentioned this a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, but I have a real, I get really worked up about people throwing pills at stuff without looking at the behind the scenes. Like, why do you feel that way though? You know, that's always something I want to ask. And I've become almost to this place where it's like, I want to see a holistic doctor versus a Western medicine doctor if I have the choice, because they'll really look at the root cause behind things. And you mentioned this in the book. So talk a little bit about diving into root causes and the importance of that. Yeah. So that's what differentiates really exactly what you said. The holistic perspective on health is we are not just saying, here's a label, here's a pill, right? We're saying, okay, this is what's going on. Let's step back. Let's do an investigation. Let's play detective and figure out why this happened. And these seemingly, you know, disconnected symptoms, maybe there's a common denominator here, just manifesting in different areas of your body, but maybe something deeper down, it's all connected. So Western medicine is limited to that extent, right? It doesn't really know how to do a root cause analysis, but Eastern medicine excels at it. So in the book, I talk about understanding our own unique constitution. So in Ayurveda, um, we all have different sort of body types and it's called doshas. So people with something called vata dosha have certain symptoms. So they're more prone to say um, constipation, dry skin, dry hair, more anxiety, sleep issues, They have trouble gaining weight and pitta uh, types tend to get stressed very easily and they often get more inflammation, more heat in the body. So more redness of the skin, um, acid reflux, sometimes diarrhea. And there's some people who are kapha body type. So they tend to gain weight very easily, hard to lose weight. They're more likely to suffer from things like depression and all these body types have their strong suits. So when we're balanced, you know, kapha body type are some of the strongest, more resilient, most loyal uh, people. Mm-hmm. The bitter type are the leaders, right? And vata type are the creatives. So when we're balanced, we tap into the positive sides of these things. But when we're out of balance, there's certain things that kind of are weak points, right? So understanding our body, how it's unique and understanding the body type can really help us understand what the root cause is. And in Chinese medicine, they say that there is external causes of diseases and there are internal causes of diseases. So external causes are related to our environment, right? So right nowadays it's go, go, go. Our senses mm-hmm. are overloaded. So a lot of the fatigue and anxiety we experience is because of that environment. And there's also a lot of environmental pollutions, right? There's toxins in the environment that's also making us sick. And the internal causes are coming from poor sleep, poor diet, lack of exercise, a lot of stress. So if you understand how these things are going to manifest as a disease, we're going to be more proactive and pay closer attention to it. Yeah. So that's the beauty of it. It's understanding the root cause and paying attention in a way that we not only address the existing condition, but we prevent future diseases from coming about. Well, that's the point, right? Like that, that feel like when you just go attack the symptom with a, like a pill or whatever, and those things are great. Like I do, I don't want to sound like I'm hating on Western medicine. I do think that there is a purpose for it. And I think that it's great to be able to take away a symptom. But like, if you don't look at where it's coming from, first of all, it's probably going to come back. Second of all, taking that medicine is going to create other issues in your body. So it's this like big cycle we seem to get in and we're just looking at all these symptoms. And then before you know it, you're like diagnosed with cancer. And it's like, wait, there was this thing happening the whole time. And it was just never being talked about or addressed, which is like mind blowing to me. And that's why I wrote this book, Intentional. It's all about, it's a manual for you to understand your own body. Yeah. We're never taught that. No, we really aren't. We're never taught that. We're always told to ignore these signs and just like wait for things to get really bad. Yeah. Instead, how about we use 5,000 year science to understand how your body is different and how it affects you is going to be different for someone else. So it's not about, hey, that person did that diet and lost weight. Let me try that. Fine. But your body's different. So how about you understand your body first and match your diet, your lifestyle to suit what's going to work for you. You'll get much better results if you do it that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's a chapter called Anti-Aging Detox. (laughs) And I was like, this is going to be the selling point big time for people. So (laughs) talk us through a little bit about the Anti-Aging Detox. 
Yeah. So that's a little bit of a preview to the 28-day reset. Right. So in detox, in our world, we're taught that detox is about, you know, going on a crazy diet or drinking a ton of green juice or coffee enema, something very extreme. Right. Yes. But in the book, I talk about detox as a function of doing less, not more. So remember, I said our body has two jobs. The day job is to digest food, right, extract nutrition. And at nighttime, it's detoxing. And it's re- resetting, rejuvenating. So when we're talking about detox, a detox and anti-aging, it's about easing off on the digestion. So what we're doing is we're doing longer intermittent fasting. We're eating very simple, easy to digest food. So our body's not spending all its energy and just trying to break down that steak mm-hmm. or the hamburger, right? Instead, we're eating simple foods, avoiding things like gluten, dairy, because not that they're bad, but they obviously are heavier to digest. Right. So what we're doing is saving our energy, not wasting it on just digesting food. Instead, we're using it to detoxify more. So that's the key. That's what the yogis do to live a long, healthy life. There's no magic herb or supplement for this, right? There's no magic green juice for this. Our body can handle it. Trust me, it will do the best job at detox and anti-aging if we just get out of the way. So the 28-day reset is all about getting out of the way right? It's not doing anything extreme. It's simplifying your diet, simplifying your di- uh, your lifestyle, right? So being on social media or talking to people that causes more anxiety. And so we're, what we're doing is avoiding things that are draining our energy so we can really focus on detox. It's actually a very simple concept and easy to implement and something we should do on a regular basis. In Ayurveda, twice a year, actually a change of season you're supposed to do this type of a detox. Oh, really? It helps you. Yeah, it helps you transition into the new season much easily. And if you notice, we often get sick at change of season, right? In the fall, totally. the spring. And there's actually a big study I mentioned in the book. Um, in this study, researchers looked at people from all different parts of the world. And what they noticed that in the winter, in Scandinavia and Finland, the, the genes of people there were shifting that allowed them to fight off different viruses. Versus a place like Ghana in the monsoon and rainy season, when they get a lot of mosquito-borne diseases, their genes were shifting to protect them better from that. So every season, our body is going through a significant shift genetically, our metabolically, spiritually, I feel like too. Yeah. So that's why in Ayurveda, there's a saying, you know, it's a change of season. That's when you kind of take a step back and, and detox. So if you notice a lot of religious holidays, like, um, like fasting based, like Lent or Ramadan, um, a lot of those actually fall during change of seasons. Okay, that makes total sense. Yeah, I never even thought about that. Yeah, so it just better equips us. So that's like health maintenance. So we have a car, we get oil change, we get routine maintenance, right. right? What are we doing for our body? So twice a year, it's a good reminder for us to say, I'm prioritizing my self care, I'm stepping back, easing off, and allowing my body to do what it does best. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation 
by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Yeah, I mean, we do. It's like we take breaks on the holidays, too. So that it obviously is in our mind to do that. It kind of is making me think back to the circadian rhythm part of the conversation, too, because our body knows certain things by the the way the sun comes up or anything like that. So it's the same with the change of seasons, I would imagine. It's extremely sensitive. So our body can sense even a slight change in the weather the slightest change in the amount of sunlight we're getting exposed to, your body knows. How do trees know? How do animals know? Right. How do bears know to go into hibernation, right? They listen to their body. They listen to these subtle changes in the environment around them. Right. So I think we just need to be more in tune with that and respect that our body is going through these changes at different times of the year so that we can adjust our lifestyle accordingly. And I just love that you're pointing out so much about the mind-body connection here because And you mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, but I do talk a lot about like the somatic therapy kind of work because I think emotions and how we carry stress and all of that ties so much into our physical health, which you do touch on in the book as well. But I love the idea of this reset of just removing it because to me, I hear such an emotional, spiritual component to that as well. You cannot separate the two. In fact, you know, if we nourish our spirit, our emotions, our mental health, that will only manifest positively in our body. Whatever is manifesting in the body, I feel like has a root somewhere in our thoughts and our emotions and our spirit. So the reset is not just about drinking green juice or herbs or anything like that. The reset is all encompassing, right? This is the time where we're taking um, a moment to reflect on our intentions that we're setting. What does health truly mean? Because I strongly believe that it's not just the food that needs to be digested and processed, our thoughts, our emotions, our traumas, our experiences, all of those things need to be processed. Mm -hmm. So if we don't allow for that space from time to time to allow that processing, we're going to hold it in the worst places and it's going to manifest as discomfort and disease. Right. So that's what the 28 day reset is too. It's not just about your body, your food or anything like that. It's also you're taking that time to say, Instead of spending all these hours starting out of computer, I'm going to take 30 minutes in my day, literally just fraction of that time that instead of doing this, I'm going to do something that's actually going to charge my battery. Maybe I'll start journaling, mm-hmm. right? Or I'll listen to, I'll spend more time in nature. So figure out what kind of heals your soul. And it's different for everybody, right. but make space for it, right? And 20 day reset is a time for you to experiment. If you're not used to it, figure out what soothes your soul. And stay with that practice even past the 28-day reset. Well, and for those people who are listening who are like, 28 days, that sounds forever. You do talk about a 20-minute daily ritual that can also be incorporated. And so maybe that if this the 28 days sounds overwhelming to you guys, um, maybe the 20-minute daily ritual is a good place to start. So can you talk us through that yeah. ritual? Yeah. And I'll just say quickly with the 28-day reset, it's really about 30 minutes of your day. that you're dedicating to this. The rest of the time you're doing everything you normally do. It's actually less time, right? And the time you're getting the 30 minutes from is the the stuff that's actually wasting your energy, right? So you're reshifting, right? (laughs) Which needs to go anyway. So you're not creating new 30 minute block of time to do this. You're carving it out of things that are actually hurting you and focusing on things actually helping you and charging your spirit. Yeah. So it's actually doing less, not more. So as much as 28 days seems daunting, 
it's really, you know, it, it's just a, the amount of time that it takes for your body to really do deep work, right? It's not a quick fix. And the benefit of 20 minute, your ritual, the daily ritual is that all the benefit that you get from 28 days, we want the body to continue building on it, right? And this is your opportunity every single day to bring your body back to balance. Right. So it's a little cleanup that we're doing every single day. And we're doing the deep cleaning once or twice a year. Right. So the 20 minute ritual, and I always quantify everything by time, right? So it seems daunting, but if you say 20 days, 20 days is a long time, but hey, 30 minutes every day. Can you do it? Right. Yeah, that's doable. You can right? do anything for 30 minutes a day. <laughs> exactly. And then 20 minutes, can you give me 20 minutes in your day just so mm. to maintain all that? Why not? Right. Yes. So the 20 minutes are split up throughout the day. So the biggest opportunity that we have is first thing in the morning and before we go to bed. So it's not really interfering with your day to day, right? So the the you know, in the beginning of the day, I really want you to spend three to five minutes just setting an intention before you look at your phone or anything. Even while you're in bed, I just want you to close your eyes and set an intention for the day. What do you want to happen? What are what's how are you feeling, right? That check-in. And you're giving your mind and your body direction. Okay, this is what I'm going to focus on today. This is what's going to happen, right? And you'll be amazed how much of a difference that makes, right? And just spending a few minutes doing some deep breathing, grounding yourself in the morning will completely change the rest of your day. So that's how we're starting. And I also add in a few things about your oral health in Ayurveda that's very important for your gut health that we're doing in there also, from drinking a big glass of warm water as soon as you wake up to maybe spending a couple minutes doing oil pulling. That has tremendous health benefits, right? That's just the morning. And then in the evening for 10 minutes, I encourage you to do either journaling or a body scan meditation, gentle yoga, stretches, listen to music something that helps you stay grounded, right? Mm. You pick, it's your 10 minutes, right? 10 minutes to charge your battery, just like you're charging your battery of your phone overnight. And then during the day, I only expect you to spend three minutes doing this, which is one minute of deep breathing before you eat. Oh, okay. So I just want you to kind of take a minute, pause before you eat, take some deep breaths, and then it's just one minute before each meal, so three times a day. Okay. It's very simple. It's easily doable, right? But the more you make it part of your life, I cannot tell you how your digestion, how you're digesting that food will be completely different just because you spent a minute centering yourself first. That is crazy. That one just got me. So one minute of deep breathing before you eat in our body, it helps our body digest things? Exactly. So what happens is the deep breathing gets your body out of fight and flight into relaxation. Yeah. And activates a nerve called the vagus nerve that is entirely mm. responsible for your digestion. So when you do that, you have better acid production, you have more enzymes, you have better motility in the gut. So a lot of IBS things that I see in my practice are often related to just us being trapped in fight and flight. So it's not about even changing your diet. I say, don't even worry about changing your diet. All yeah. I want you to do is take a couple minutes before you eat and eat your food slowly, chew your food, enjoy your food. That's it. I'm not even changing your diet. And I can tell you more than 50% of their symptoms improve just by doing this. That is crazy. Okay. I'm going to start that one today. I love that one. Um, so it's and, so simple. Yeah. It's just so simple. And it's just, I love that it's making you actually, or it's making us pause because I think that is one of our culture's biggest like problems is that we go, 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 go. And it's so unconscious, everything we're doing. And this just kind of brings you back into your body. I know I start my day meditating, and that has changed so much for me to, to set intentions, like you're saying, in the beginning of the day, but also to kind of check in with myself and really, um, you know, kind of go through what I want for the day. And you talk a lot about positivity and not in the way of like toxic positivity, let's only focus on the good things, but how to rewire our brains for that. Because we are in such a very divisive time with so much overwhelming stuff happening. And I think a lot of us are still processing maybe even what went on in the pandemic and starting to kind of see some symptoms come up from that time in everyone's life. So there are three actionable things that you talk about doing to just shift into a positive outlook. Can you tell the listeners about those three things? Yeah. So first thing is really focusing on gratitude. So there's actually a lot of research on expressing gratitude. And I've seen that in action. Actually, in my practice, I often connect, you know, I, I use a lot of technology with ancient wisdom. Yeah. So for some of my patients, I'll actually hook them up 
to something called heart rate variability monitors. And that's actually recording your heart rhythm. And it tells me when you're stressed or when you're relaxed. And one of the most positive, like, you know, amazing things I've seen is I'll tell patients who are really stressed or anxious, and they can see their heart rhythm is beating very abnormally. And I'll say, just close your eyes and just count things that you're grateful for. Who do you want to thank in your life? What are you grateful for? So I'll just have them close their eyes and do that for a couple of minutes. And I cannot tell you their heart rhythm changes completely. And if I put like a sensor on their uh, on their head, I'll see their brain waves change completely. Mm. So gratitude is actually extremely powerful. And the studies have shown just keeping a gratitude journal for 15 minutes, three times a week can significantly improve anxiety symptoms, depression symptoms, and just overall well-being, right? And sometimes I get better results with that than some of the antidepressants, right? Right. No side effects. Yeah. (laughs) So the first step is just gratitude. And if you start with that, that will help you focus on what's actually important in life, right? So you crowd out a lot of the noise and you become more mindful and aware. So the second step is just being aware of our thoughts, what's going on. It's not about judging them. It's just saying, this is what's going on, Mm -hmm. right? being mindful, being present, checking in with ourselves. And then when we do that, the third thing automatically happens. It allows us to respond to situations rather than react, right? So often what happens, we're going about mindlessly and just, you know, something upsets us, we just get upset right away, right? Yeah. Uber's late, I'm upset. You know, someone yelled at me, (laughs) I'm upset. You know, my phone's not breaking down, I'm upset. Right. We're just reacting to all these things without being, you know, having that sensation of gratitude without being mindful. So when we are have this gratitude expression, when we are mindful of what's going on, what automatically happens is that we start responding. So we get that pause and we say, you know what, Uber's late. It's okay. I'll get there when I get there. I can't control this. Someone's making me angry. They're giving me uh, anger, but I don't have to take it. Mm-hmm. Right? that's their anger and it let it stay with them I don't have to take it so Ooh, I need that's that one. the beauty of, <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty of positivity and rewiring our brain yeah. and we do it by gratitude by being mindful and choosing to respond not just react yeah I love those I really do we had a snowstorm here in Nashville last week and um we all got kind of locked in our houses for seven days, which after a pandemic for however many years that ended up being, it was kind of a trigger. We we're going, oh my gosh, we're going back, you know? And I told my dad, I said, um, a lot of this has been a little bit triggering, like work was going away. I'm stuck in the house, you know? But I kept doing this thing every morning where I would wake up and instead of being like, oh, I'm stuck in the house again because I'm iced in and I can't drive, I would say like five things, even the fact that I have a roof over my head, you know, and it drastically changed my days. Like I had so many friends kind of just spiraling out. And of course I had a little bit of ups and downs, but for the most part, having that different mindset and doing the gratitude, just like you're saying, and it was such simple things like food in the refrigerator, things I never think about even taking the time to be grateful for, but that is something to be grateful for, you know? And it just, it's crazy to me how our minds really are wired to change like that when you throw in the gratitude and the positivity. Yeah. So just about being intentional and aware mm-hmm. of these things that are happening. Exactly. And yeah. once you recognize it, it's actually pretty easy to change. The hardest thing is just recognizing and being exactly. aware. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dr. Parikh, thank you so much for being here. The book is Intentional Health. And I'm going to link this in the description of the podcast for you guys. I'm a big fan. This is going to start being my gift to people. I love this book. So I highly encourage you guys to go out and get it. Um, where else can people find you if they want to keep up with your work? So you can go on the website, intentionalhealth.io, or you can follow me on Instagram at intentionalhealth underscore. Awesome. I'll put all of that also in the description of this podcast. Thank you again so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys for listening. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.